Grace, mercy, and peace to you from the Holy Trinity. Amen. This week, on my last week as your vicar, Jesus talks about causing division and how he didn't come to bring peace to the earth, which I hope isn't a prophetic message about me leaving. I, I pray that you all stay at House for All Sinners and Saints and that there aren't a whole group of you who break off and follow me to Chicago in protest of me leaving. Because you'd be missing out on a fabulous community and I couldn't give you communion and plus it would just be weird. And I was tempted even to not preach on this gospel passage today because I find it pretty uncomfortable. Instead of a shiny, happy Jesus like we see in pictures of him, you know, with a perfectly manicured beard and white robes and the sun placed just perfectly behind his freshly Aveda-conditioned locks of hair. (laughs) Instead of that image of Jesus, today we have an image of Jesus that looks quite a bit more like that street preacher who came to my college once a year who likely had a theological education that amounted to this small selection of verses that talk about Jesus being kind of rude. But no matter what your view of Jesus, a God figure that preaches division instead of harmony kind of flies in the face of our bourgeois Protestant desire for unity and peace and love. None of which, of course, are bad, but they just don't really mesh up with a Jesus who doesn't want everyone to play nice. Except for that bit about drama between mother-in-laws and (laughs) daughter-in-laws. That part's pretty easy to understand. And more than that, they certainly don't mesh with a Jesus who is actively destructive, you know, wishing fires to come down and kindle the earth. So this week, as I was trying not to, trying desperately not to preach on this gospel story, I spent some time thinking about why I didn't want to preach about it. And it came down to me thinking that this story was about Jesus creating division between people who are more or less good, people like you and me. And I just couldn't reconcile a God who randomly picks some people and ignores other people with the God that I know, who invites everyone to his table. This week, the Old Testament story that we heard from Jeremiah talks about us having a God that is nearby and not far off. To me, this week, those words seemed comforting that God is intimately connected to our lives and our stories. But then I read an article by somebody who knows more about the Old Testament than I do. And she mentioned that the people that that was written to, God being nearby struck far more terror in them than the notion of a distant and removed God. And the more that I thought about it, the more that I really thought about a God that is right there with me all the time, the more I kind of had that same experience. I'm not sure that I want a God that's standing next to me all the time. And I don't imagine I'm alone in this. I'm sure you don't want a God to be right, want God to be right next to you as you gossip to your friend about how much you hate your best friend's new boyfriend, and then you scheme about how to get them to break up. Or when you've given up on relationships with people and have turned to a relationship with the private browsing function of your web browser. Or when you lie to people at community meal about how you're fine but your mental health or your finances are falling apart just to keep up appearances to them. I know I don't want a God who is right next to me when I shoot off a text to the person sitting next to me in class that makes fun of the guy sitting next to her, especially not when I'm full of guilt when that guy drives into a lake. I don't want God to be nearby when I don't correct the cashier who charged me for small avocados last week when they actually were large ones. 
I don't want God to be up in my business knowing that I snuck a picture in the art museum in a gallery that I wasn't supposed to take pictures in. And so as I thought about it, I thought, and I realized that I would be pretty ashamed if I actually believed that God was nearby and not far off. And so while I often wax poetic about God being present in my life and in nature and the Holy Spirit's breath being in every person on earth, I still actually like to trick myself into believing that God is far off, somewhere on a cloud playing games of bowling to make it thunder. Like it was much more comfortable for Jeremiah's people to think God was off in the distance. I suspect that all of us are in the same boat as them. It's much more comfortable with a God we think we can hide parts of ourselves from. It's certainly more comfortable believing that God is in the cosmos, not really paying attention to the day-to-day business that we find ourselves in. Because what would it mean if God was nearby? I think a nearby God means that we would have to tell the truth about ourselves. A nearby God would mean that trying to hide parts of us that we don't like just doesn't work. What we try to hide with will get burned away, leaving us pretty vulnerable and exposing who we really are. This year, you all have taught me about God being nearby. I've seen each one of you in different ways live your life believing, really, really trusting that God is nearby. This lets you tell the truth about yourselves. It frees you to live life in a way that isn't trying to hide part of yourself from God, but rejoices that God is present in your lives and that you don't need to be afraid of him. You've taught me that when parts of us get consumed in the flames that Jesus talks about, that those parts of ourselves are really meant to be burnt away in the first place so that we can be our true selves in the presence of God and of each person here. So I rejoice that Christ burns away the shame I might feel with a nearby God and lets me live as a saint and a sinner in the arms of God. You've taught me that instead of running from one happy thing to another, like a frog jumping on lily pads and never getting in the water, that I can take the jump into myself and let myself experience all that life has to offer, not just the good parts. And I can do that because I have a God that is nearby present in my life, to love and cherish me as I am, not who I pretend to be. I don't believe that it's an accident that you all truly believe in and experience a nearby God who burns just enough of you to leave you telling the truth. Because every single week you come here and hear the promises of God in words proclaimed. You come and eat and drink the body and blood of Christ, becoming what you receive. You believe in a God nearby because God is present in the meal at that table. And through eating and drinking, God works in you, transforming you and giving you the freedom to live in the presence of that nearby God. I'm grateful for this God of ours. Because when it sucks this much to leave a place that I'm incredibly fond of, I know that God is with me in grief and sadness and tears. And I can leave knowing that God is with all of you as well, and that we are all and will always be connected to one another in the body of Christ, surrounded by the great cloud of witnesses wrapped in the arms of the Holy Spirit. And so my prayer for all of you is this, that God continue to work in your life, 
burning away the parts of you that keep you from being who you really are, a created and beautiful child of God. Amen.